The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I am so happy you're here. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories and wisdom. This thing called life can be challenging, and the stories that that are shared demonstrate that no matter what you have gone through, you can choose happiness. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to talk to you about shifting your perspective. This is so important because there are so many things that frustrate us or stress us out. And if we were able to shift our perspective of the situation, we would be so much happier. You see, we all have our own perspective, which is the way we view the world. It's like the lens in which we see things. When we shift our perspective, it changes our perception of life. Our perception is the way we think about or understand someone or something, and it is also what we understand or interpret from our five senses. However, our perception is shaped by our past experiences, feelings, and thoughts. Think of it as looking at the glass half full or half empty. In short, when we change our perspective, it changes our perception, which in turn changes our beliefs and ultimately changes our reality. So change your perspective, change your life. It sounds simple, yet it can be very challenging for some to actually achieve. If you would like to learn more about this topic and how to work with me personally, please visit sandyscarlotta.com to schedule a free 15-minute call with me and to get access to a free digital copy of my book, Happiness Solved. I also invite you to join my growing community by texting me at 703-420-3472 to receive daily inspirational messages. Again, that number is 703-420-3472. Thank you for listening today, and I hope you enjoyed today's interview. Today's guest is Kyle Gillette. Kyle's lifelong fascination with psychology and human behavior led him down the path of professional coaching. It wasn't until he discovered that his experiences as the son of a farmer, entrepreneur, father, and husband made him an ideal candidate for helping business owners learn how to become more successful. Kyle is the creator of the Sage Mindset Framework, business coach, author, and creator of the Sage Mindset app. He is passionate about helping business leaders and entrepreneurs reset their mindsets and habits so they can become the leaders they are meant to be. Kyle provides so much valuable information, and I hope you enjoy it. Kyle, hello. It's so great to meet you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm, I'm doing really well today. Great. 
I love your the sign in the background, Choose Joy. Yeah, totally. My sister-in-law made that some time ago, and I think it was, I don't know if it was hers or my wife's, but I stole it and I put it in my office. So Yeah, <laughs> oh, you got have to have those positive affirmations around you, you know, just Heck yeah. little reminders. Yeah. Well, what's funny is when I practice a presentation of some sort, I, I stand in here. And then I have my monitors that are the opposite direction of that sign. And then I'm using my clicker, but I'm looking at the Choose Joy sign the whole time I'm practicing the presentation. It's it's my audience. So I guess it's it's really getting embedded into my head, whether I want it to be or not. It's, right. it's getting in there. Hey, whatever works, you know, it's exactly, you know, life. Life is always throwing us challenges and curveballs. And, you know, we need all the extra <laughs> support that we can get. All right, so I love sharing people's stories and I was reading about you and it sounds like a really great story. So how did you get to where you are today? Because I see you left uh, corporate America behind to start up your coaching practice. So tell the audience yes, all about that. Yeah, so leaving corporate America was in the middle of the story. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump backward even farther for a moment here. Perfect. Um, perfect. <laughs> there's a bunch of stories I can share here. So I'm gonna chunk it out for you, but the the first one is when I was in college. I went to Cal Poly, which is a school in California. It's a business and engineering school, architecture school, and uh, I was studying exercise science to become a physical therapist. In my senior year, I was in this place where I knew I did not want to go. I did not want to go to into physical therapy school, but I was also very lost, very confused about what to do with myself. And my buddies and I had gone on a hike in this peak called Bishop's Peak. And there's a lot of poison oak in California, and I'm very allergic to it. And so I, we decided to go on a shortcut. And on the shortcut, there was poison oak, and I got it all over me. And a few days later, I was on the phone with my parents, covered in itching like crazy from ankle to, to rest to neck in poison oak. It was terrible. The worst is and when I'm it's between your like, fingers, you know, and between oh, your toes. Oh. Oh yeah, those little butt. It's terrible. So, <clears throat> talking to my parents, and I was at the time I was forty pounds overweight to, to what I am now. So I was not in good shape. I was covered in poison oak, and I was about twenty units behind in school. And it was a quarter system, so that was a big deal. So I'm telling my parents, "Well, I think I'm going to go do personal training and blah blah blah." But I really was actually lost. I didn't know what to do. And I had been to India um, in the in the spring, and on the, I had met a guy named John on the trip that was part of the church that we went on the trip with. And when we got back, we'd talked some more and, and hung out a couple times. And he called me up and said, hey, Kyle, would you be interested in interviewing for this job? So I said yes. And I, I said yes because I didn't have any other prospects. And I was like, I'll take anything at this point. And the job was for a men's mentoring program where these guys that are off track in life are 18 to 25 and they're trying to get traction. And... I was off track in life and trying to get my own traction. So I, I didn't know how qualified I was, but I remember driving onto the property and it was out out in the country on 40 acres. And when you drive in, there's this, there's this bridge with just over this Creek and you turn kind of a slight left onto the rest of the property. And there's this nice grassy area with this big, with this nice um, old farmhouse, a square farmhouse with a wraparound porch. So just really idyllic. And then both parts of the property were bracketed by dog areas because they had a pet resort there. And I'm going, what the heck am I stepping into here? So I park right by the grass. There's this flagpole in front of me. It's American flag flagpole. And I walk up to the front steps, knock on the door. And Jack, the president, and Christian, the director at the time of the program, 
answered and welcomed me in and I sat down on the couch and, and they interviewed me. And at the end of the interview, they said, do you want the job? And that's not ever been my experience in interviews before. Where they just ask you, do you want the job? There's usually a couple more steps. I mean, this is the first interview. Never met them before, never been there. And I said, yes. <laughs> so my adventure started and that was a nine-year adventure. So I got to coach young men for those nine years. And there's a lot of other details to it. But that was the very beginning of my, my adventure towards where I am now. Now, did that help you make some sense of the direction that you wanted to take your own life in? Yeah, 100%. We, what we did there is we helped the guys create what we call a life map. And it was helping them answer three questions. And, and I think if you can answer these questions to kind of run off of your happiness solved, I, I believe it's, it's a big component of it. And the, they're very basic questions, but it's where am I? Understanding where we are, getting present, and answering where we are in seven key areas of life. Where do I want to go in those key areas of life? And then making a plan of how the heck to get there. Because there's one thing to say where I want to go. And that bring, brings your hope up, which is beautiful. But until you put you know boots to the plan or, or specifics to the plan, you're not going to be able to act on it. So the guys had to create a life map in order to leave. And that was just embedded into me. And now this is kind of the work that I'm doing with my clients in a way with their businesses. Right. So that was huge for me to, to get that life map built in for me um yeah yeah i can imagine now now why were these young men there was it a requirement well, or what, was it a volunteer program like i've just never heard of anything like that and i think it's incredible only because i have a son that's 21 and in college and and he's kind of a little you know i mean that's normal it's not unusual to be at that age and not many people really know what they want to do for the rest of their life at that age Correct. Totally. And I sure as heck didn't. <laughs> now I do, but I didn't then. Uh, yeah, the guys were 18 to 25 and they chose to be there. Okay. Often the, the background was some sort of uh, drug or alcohol history or, or they'd been abused, unfortunately. Yeah. Broke, lots of broken homes, but not just divorce, more very, very broken and rough family dynamics happening. And so they weren't very stable as as young men, and they needed they needed guidance, they needed mentorship, they needed someone to love them and hug them, and then kick them in yeah. the butt when they needed it. Aww. And so that's that was what we did. But we we worked them hard because they lived on the facility for six months and sometimes longer, and they had to follow the steps, follow the process of of creating that map, and they had to work in the pet resort. So they learned how to take care of a live animal, multiple live animals, and. Yeah. The livelihood of the program was on their shoulders along with some other employees. And so they learned responsibilities that way. We taught them how to cook. We taught them how to grocery shop. All those things were a part of the program. And that was this huge crucible for me of, of leadership training and, and getting a new perspective on life that I had it very fortunate. You know, I didn't have that. I didn't, fortunately, I didn't have the drug and alcohol history or the abuse. And, and for those that have, you know, that's really difficult. But for me, I was able to be able to empathize with them because I really understood what, where they were coming from because we had so many personal and purposeful conversations. And I think that, again, back to the happiness piece, that is huge. Those accountability, those one-to-one -one deep conversations with other people, I believe is a key to creating that happiness, to unlocking that joy in our lives. And they got that. And some of them left because it was kind of intense and it was scary, but some of them also graduated, finished, got married, have a stable family, have great jobs, etc. So it was 
a wonderful experience and it definitely was the beginning of my journey to where I am now. Well, that sounds like incredible experience. And I mean, what an honor to have that experience really, because it sounds like you were able to really make an impact on some young men's lives and, and just having that person to, to, to get it off of your chest, you know, when you're just yeah. sharing and, and with somebody that you can confide in like that right there is probably a huge thing for these boys and young men. Right. And one yeah. thing that, that I created when we were there is something I call the 10 minute Tuesdays. And it, it yeah. was where we met, we meet, I met with each student for 10 minutes in this, in a, in a bedroom, there's a bedroom with a futon kind of, it's a futon, um, they call it bunk bed. And we would sit on the futon next to each other. And across from us was, was the, the door to the closet. And then to my right was the door to the room. And the first time I ever did it with this one of the students, he was basically mute. He just didn't say nothing in the program. He was super quiet and really hard to connect with. And the first time I did it, I said, hey, how's it going? And then we sat there for 10 minutes in silence. Oh, wow. Second time I did it, I said, hey, how's it going? He didn't say anything. And then I asked him again. And then we sat there for another nine and a half minutes in silence. But the third time we came in and I said, hey, how's it going? And then after a minute or whatever of time, he spoke up. And that was the breaking point for him and the wow. breaking point for the relationship. And wow. it was it was huge because he went from he actually broke a window over my head at one point. So that, you know, that's shows you the dynamics of our relationship. Wow. Um, to from that to now the, the last time I saw him, this is a long time ago that I saw him, but when I saw him the last time, he said, Kyle, and he ran up to me and gave me a hug. And this kid wouldn't even touch me or anybody else for that matter before. And it was that dedication to giving somebody that purposeful attention and being patient with them and waiting for them to respond. And and even when he didn't respond, still trusting that, okay, there's something here. I just got to wait for it. And it happened. Uh, wow. And so now I recommend that for my clients is spend 10 minutes with each of your employees and just ask a simple question. And they're going to, obviously the employees are going to talk, but shut your freaking mouth and listen. Right. <laughs> And you'll well, learn so much about this person, whether yeah. it's personal or not, it doesn't really matter. It's they're, they're going to feel cared for and, and it will make them happier for sure. Yeah. I mean, just listening. Yes. Instead 100%. of having that diary of the mouth where people just want to hear themselves talk and yeah, just listen. Yep. Oh. All right. So, so you, you did the nine years there, which sounded incredible and life altering. So what, what was next for you? Okay, next was was <laughs> interesting to say the least. So we moved to, from California to Washington State because my wife's family's up here. And I, I decided that, okay, we can do this, but I want to have the type of impact up here like I did in the program, right? I had that wonderful opportunity with all those people, but it wasn't happening that way. So we moved in with my in-laws for, I think it was about four months and then bought a house and moved, moved forward. But I applied to 50, five zero, jobs oh, for, over the course of four months and got three interviews. Wow. And eventually I, I landed a job in a senior living place that had multiple locations across the Pacific Northwest and worked there for about six months. And that, that was my deepest dive into the corporate world. And then I had another job, an HR job after that as well, but that was my deepest dive into it. And it was, it was miserable. Uh, it was, I am not wired to work in the corporate world. Other people are, and that's beautiful, wonderful, but I am not. And so after working there for a while, I, I gave notice and left, but I didn't step into a new job. So I applied to 40 jobs 
before getting two interviews, and the two interviews were at the same place, and eventually I got an HR job that catalyzed me into the DISC, D-I-S-C assessment world, which then helped me to get my business started, and, and now we're here. But I, I just knew it was not for me, and the chief, let's see, she was the operating officer. She came in and they were going to do an audit of the facility. And I remember going into one of the resident rooms and we were flipping it because the resident, uh, I think the resident had passed away. So we were flipping it and the room was basically immaculate, except for there was like a ding on one place and there was like a paint mark somewhere else. So it wasn't perfect, but it was, I mean, it was really nice. Nobody would notice. And so she rips into us about that for five minutes. And then as I'm stepping out and she's stepping out, she's talking to the CEO in the hallway and says, these people are so stupid. How can they not figure this out? And I'm going, this is not the abuse that I need to, to deal with for the rest of you know the next couple years of my life. I'm, I am moving on. And that was, that was it for me. That was like kind of the last straw. It was one of many straws. At one point, they locked us into the facility and said we couldn't leave until we got all the contracts figured out. We were there till like midnight. Oh my it was, gosh. It was awful. And I'm not going to say the name of the business because I don't think that's very nice, but it was awful. <laughs> but that's, that's beyond, yeah. And, and to call anybody stupid is just oh, inexcusable. It's yeah, it's yeah. inexcusable. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry you had to go through that. So you have developed what you call your sage mindset. So talk about what that framework is. Yeah, it sounds really uh, interesting because you have a book, you have an app programs yeah sage sage came out of this desire to have my own thing uh my, my own tool my own process that i could use and do whatever the heck i wanted with disc is a tool that i love and i use but it's not mine so i can't do what i want with it mm. and after a couple months into the business i'd spent a lot of time thinking about what's a leadership acronym that i could use that would represent how i see leadership and based on research i've done etc and i came up with stuff like um accountability was in there there was there was support there was uh, encouragement there was a lot of things like that in there but when i tied them together it came out to be a very dumb looking acronym it didn't make any sense and it wasn't <laughs> memorable, uh, memorable excuse me one night i woke up at three in the morning and i heard a voice tell me self-awareness and everything came together at that moment and i went Oh my gosh, that's it. So I jumped out of bed, ran into the kitchen, just in my boxers. And for the next four hours from three until seven in the morning, I just sat at the kitchen table shivering as I wrote out and typed out anything and everything that came to mind as it related to the S-A-G-E acronym. And what it boiled down to for me was the S is that self-awareness piece. Mm -hmm. A is the accountability. G is growth. And E is empowerment, which is... All of those are specific mindsets and, and I use it, I talk about it like a leadership house where self-awareness is the foundation to your leadership. Without self-awareness, you can't build any sort of quality structure uh, on top of your, your, or you can't have any sort of quality structure of leadership in your life or your business. And then accountability is the nails and the hammer of, of leadership. If you have accountability, then your structure actually stays together. The way you lead, you keep accountability in your business and, and the people around you. Growth is the walls and the roof. So sometimes in leadership, we need to remodel and adjust. And then other times we get to actually put an addition on because our leadership grows and there's more opportunity. And then finally, empowerment's the windows and doors. So this is the ability for those that you're leading to be, yes, empowered, but they also look out 
those windows and doors and go, wait, there's an opportunity for me that I want to pursue. And the sage leader is, has an abundant mindset and says, yeah, go for it. I'm so glad I've been able to help you to get to this point. And they send them off. But meanwhile, as that door opens, somebody else has been watching through the windows and said, cool, I'm going to step in under this leadership and be a part of this person's leadership and what they're doing. So that's the simple explanation of, of, of sage. Love it. I love it. That's, that's really great. I, I, I wrote it down just because I use certain things when I give a title to the program. So I love that or to this interview. So, so you have an accompanying, accompanying book and an app. So talk about those. What are those? Are those tools that your clients can use? Yes. So they're both month, about two, three months away from being done. But oh, they're, okay. they're, they're in fully in development. The apps to the editor or the apps. I'm, I asked the guy today to be done by March 25th is what I said to him. Like, dude, you need to finish. <laughs> and then the book should be published by June, I think is the, is the time frame. But nice. they, the, the purpose of the app is, uh, did, are you a sports lady at all? Oh, yes. I'm actually a retired okay. U.S. national and international figure skating coach. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So in figure skating, there's obviously, there's the scores. Right. And it, you probably watched the Olympics this year. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. what was interesting is how they showed the technical score as the, the athletes were performing. And you could see the score increase. And then you saw who was in first. Right. And we knew, we knew how close they were to potentially getting to that place. Right. Well, that's your, that's your scoreboard. That's your scorecard. You know what's going on instantly with how they're performing. And if you can see that personally as you're performing, it's easy to make an adjustment. Like if you're down by five at the end of a basketball game, it's easy to make an adjustment and go, okay, I need, we need to make a couple shots to win this game. Right. But in, in our personal development, we don't have scorecards like that. We don't have a scoreboard to look at. We don't right. know really how we're performing, nor do we really know what to measure. And so this app takes the four areas of SAGE and it, it asks you to come up with a habit or a mindset in, one, in each of those areas. So you pick a self-awareness, mindset or habit, you pick one on accountability, et cetera. And then every day you record a short entry or as long as you want, a journal entry on what's happening in that particular habit. And you focus on each of those habits for 60 days. But while you do that, you're shifting mindsets because you're paying attention every single day and you're scoring yourself. So now you have a scorecard for how you're improving. And if you score an average of about a 4.1, you improve 1% every single day. But not only is the habit happening, the mindset shift is happening too because you're, it's, it's gamified for yourself personally because you, you wanna do better, but you're honest with yourself. So you're not gonna score yourself a five just to show that you're improving. And it forces you to get better. Um, and then meanwhile, there's there's a bunch of other people in the community that are participating. And they're also scoring. They're typing in a bunch of words. And people get on the leaderboards based on the words, the day streaks, those types of things. And so it gamifies it. So that's the that's the app setup. Because I, I love having stats on my clients, on my business, and on myself. I think it's super valuable. Oh, yeah, for sure. That sounds incredible. Congratulations on that. That's yeah. really, really amazing. So yeah, will that be available that. on both iPhone and Android? Yep. yep. Nice. Yeah, that I wish really it was exciting. now. It should have been now, but the development's been a little bit slower than desired. Well, but the, hey, life goes on. <laughs> you know what? It'll come out when it's perfect timing and when it's yep. meant to be. So yep, that's exactly. really exciting. And yep. now, now is your book, that's something, is this, is this, what is your book called? And you said it'll be released in June. 
So yeah, what is so that the book's about? Called the, yeah, the book's called The Sage Leader. Okay. And the, the book is, is, a, is about helping small business owners create, implement, develop the mindsets and habits that they need to have a successful business and ultimately to become the leaders they're meant to be. Because the work that I do with my clients is, yes, it's strategies, yes, it's tactics, and yes, it's mindsets, but ultimately the work I want to do with them is transformational work. And that work is helping people become the leaders they're meant to be. And the book is all about the specific set of habits and mindsets within each of those four areas of SAGE that great business owners, great leaders deploy and use and helping them to practically apply them, but also philosophically see the reasoning behind why these are valuable and powerful to oh, use. That sounds incredible. I mean, leadership is such an important topic <laughs> that so many people need need work on, you know, yes. fortunately and, you know, unfortunately both. Yeah. So that's really great. So what else would you like to share with the audience today that you haven't talked about thus far? Yeah, I, I think I wrote down some notes just to, to think about your your topic, which is the happiness. And I was I was thinking about what, what are the reasons why people aren't happy? And there's mm. there's a billion, right? There's a billion, yes. but but I think there's a few that are that are thematic. Uh, and and one of them I think is worry. And mm. when I was working at that pet resort. I, re I remember I had the pooper scooper in my hands and I, I was standing in what we called an airlock, which was basically just a, a double, double gated area so that if you accidentally let a dog out, it would just get to another gate and couldn't escape. So I'm standing in that quote airlock and I'm watching the dogs play and I get this thought, worry is about time. I'm like, okay, there's a, there's a verse in scripture that says, who, who of you by worrying about the day can add an who of you by worrying about your life can add an extra hour to your life? Right. And I, and I, that came to mind and I thought, wait a second, worry is only about time. And then I thought about it some more and I realized that when we worry about things, it's usually about something that we either want to slow down because we don't want it to come yet. Whether that's something really scary, like someone's disease, you know, it's mm -hmm. super unfortunate, but we can't change time on that matter. Mm -hmm. uh, or it's something we want to stop because we just don't want to go to the public speaking engagement. Or something want to hurry up because we're impatient to receive whatever it is to, or get to go do that vacation or something like that. And no matter what, we can't control that. Time just keeps ticking on. We get 86,400 seconds a day. And it just keeps on ticking on no matter what. So if when I recognize that time is, is the, the center of all that and I can't control time, my ability to worry significantly shrunk. It, it just faded so much because I realized it was out of my control. I really can't do anything about time. So let me relax and let it go. And, and I think that when we do this, it's a lot easier to be happy because you're, you're more present. You're in the moment instead of the past or the future. And, and we're humans. We're in the present. We don't have that superpower yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> I always say if you can control it, then don't worry about it because you have control over it. If you can't yep. control it, then don't worry yep. about it because you have no control over it. Yep. There's okay. some crazy statistics that we, what we worry about, only 7%, I think is the number, or 8%, something like that, we can actually control. Right. So 92% of the time, 9 out of 10 times, what we're worrying about is we can't, there's no reason to. Now, it's easy to say that. And when you're in the moment, it's a lot harder to deal with it. But 
it's a mindset. If I start to think in terms of, you know, I let's let's have the mindset that these things I don't have very much control over and, and I'll be okay with that. And then when the moment comes or the, the situation comes, it's a lot easier to remain content in it instead. Yeah, and it is really just being present in that moment and recognizing that you're having these thoughts and making that shift. Yep, totally. Yeah. And I think another component for me has been measuring things, mm-hmm. measuring the activities that I'm doing because I was just on a call with a client and he was, he was sounded down. So it was, it was a phone call rather than a zoom call. And as soon as he answered, I was like, you, in my head, I went, he sounds kind of down. And so he gave me an update a little bit and I said, Hey, are you, are you tired? Are you feeling down? What's going on? And he said he was feeling tired and he wasn't actually feeling down. He was just feeling really tired. And then we dove into this conversation and ultimately he was frustrated with the progress that he was making. So I think he was actually down. He just didn't admit it, but he, he was frustrated with the progress that he was making. And, and I asked him some questions and after a few minutes of conversation, he, he realized that he'd actually made a lot of, a lot of progress. And there was some really good stuff happening for him. And then his whole mood shifted and he was in a much better place. And there were some actions that came out, so it was great. But the, his, his, the systemic issue for him is he's not measuring the progress. He's not tracking a few things. You don't need to track everything in your life. But a few things, you know, whether it's when you get up in the morning or some specific goal you're trying to achieve or maybe it has to do with your health or a relationship. For me, I've found, and for a lot of my clients, they've found that when you track these things, you're able to see progress. And when you see progress, you, you all of a sudden things shift in your head and then you expect progress. And when you expect progress, then it's inevitable. And when you're, when you're progressing, you're happy. Yeah. And so yeah. let's measure it, let's progress, and then we can be happy. And, it, and it's, it's not fleeting either because it's, it's something that's simple progress, simple things that creates this progress that creates that that success and that happiness as a result of seeing the growth. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And and really just celebrating the wins that we have every yes. day. And instead of focusing on, oh, I didn't get this done, I didn't get that done. Well, what did I get done? What did I yep. accomplish today? Yeah. Yep. I have one client that has a sticker chart. She's in her 30s and she, she created <laughs> a sticker chart for herself for doing the dishes. Because this is one of the things that's really frustrating for her. And she she never, she doesn't finish them. And I'm like, well, what can you do to reward yourself? She's like, I'm going to make a sticker chart. And so she sent me a picture with two stickers already on it of her sticker chart. with Just like you would for a kid. And yeah. she's got it for herself. And But it makes her happy. And I'm like, awesome. Go after it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whatever works. I love that. Yeah, why not yeah. have a sticker chart? Just It's not only just for kids. I love that. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> What are, do you have secrets for you when it comes to ways that you keep yourself motivated and happy and moving forward? It's all, it's all my mindset. And, um, you know, there are times when I, because I'm, I'm juggling a lot of different things in my life and, you know, I've got coaching clients, I've got, you know, promoting my book. I mean, I'm, I'm a guest on other people's podcasts. I have my own podcast, you know, there's just all sorts of things. And there's a, there's a saying that, that I like to look at. And we just moved. I'm actually living in temporary housing because 
we're building a place and it's not ready yet. So we're, we're living in temporary housing. So it, it's packed away somewhere. I need to get that out. <laughs> but it's a, it's a quote that says, there are people less qualified than you doing the things that you want to do only because mm. they decided to believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have to remind myself that. I have to remind myself that, you know, I'm no different than anybody else. You know, I yep. have to remind myself of that. But I mean, for me, like I'm, just a very happy person anyway. And I think it's because I've been through hell and back so many times in my life Mm -hmm. that when you, when you, when you've gone through so much, like I have, things just don't seem like a big deal. Yeah. Cause most of the time there's so many little things that are being thrown my way and I'm like, Oh, here we go again. And I get, you know, I may, I may get upset momentarily but then I'm able to shift I'm, I'm shifting my perspective is kind of like my superpower where I'm always able to shift and I just you know I had a call today with my ex-husband and I was a little bit you know wasn't the best call but I was able to shift that I'm like you know what it's all gonna work out I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let this get to me <laughs> so yeah you know. yeah that the, yeah. the self-talk and the the you have to you know it's funny mindset is said in the wrong way in my opinion it should be you're set your mind yes right and and there's a there's a it's a, it's a verse as well but it, it says to take your thoughts take every thought captive and then the rest of it's about obedience to god but it's really taking your thoughts captive and and choosing to to capture them and do what you want with them it i'm, I'm sure you know this already but did, did you read the book uh crucial conversations it's a, it's a it has a red cover to it does that book sound familiar to you I'm not sure if that, if I'm familiar with that one. Okay, it's all it's all about conflict and, and conversations okay. and what happens in them. And there's I remember this graphic in it, and it, it shows there's a there's a inciting event, uh-huh. not exciting but inciting. Inciting, and then, right? And then there's a reaction, but in between those two is a story, and it's the story that we tell ourselves. And that story can take half a second or a quarter of a second that we tell ourselves, but inciting event the story we tell ourselves and then our response or our action to it. And if we can set our minds in a place like you just did with your, with your ex-husband, it totally shifts your action as a result. But we got to do that outside of the moment frequently enough that it becomes a habit so that when the moment happens, it's a lot easier to choose the right, choose joy, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or choose exactly. the right motive, choose the right attitude. Yeah, because it, it really is comes down to that choice. And, and I love the way you frame that out, the situation, the story, because so often we make up a story. Yes, we do. We make up yep. stories about what we think happened or what we think is going to happen, and we make those stories up, and they're not real. So yep. switch the story out. Make, make up a different story. <laughs> yeah. When I, when I work with my clients doing the DISC stuff and doing a breakdown of their profile, I talk about how... We all see the world, we all see people through our own welded on glasses. We can't take them off. They're stuck. Mm-hmm. And as a result, we see people as we are not as they are. And so you have to get, you need actually skills to be able to see people as, as they actually are in order to, to really interact and empathize with people in the way that they want to be empathized with. Yeah. Um, but that takes time. That takes being present back to, to that word. Uh, otherwise, you're not. It's very difficult to to be able to empathize with people and see them how they want to be seen. Yeah, well, I think empathy is is 
one of those soft skills that not everybody has, unfortunately. I think, I, 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 I will believe this forever. I, I believe that as humans, we have that capability. It's just not everybody has that yeah. within them. It, it's part of the EQ equation, right? Maybe maybe you're stuck with your IQ, but your emotional intelligence, you can work on it and grow it, and which is great. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, that's good. I like that. I guess the, yeah. the last thing I would mention is um, the accountability piece. I would, again, mm. I was thinking about, you know, how do, how do you remain happy? How do you create happiness in your life and in your relationships and everything? And I talk a lot about accountability. I'm doing a men's retreat this weekend and oh, nice. my, I'm going to talk on accountability there. And the crux of it is that we need time with other people. But that time needs to be really purposeful and intentional. And, and I use another acronym that I call PASS. And I won't go into all the details of it. But it's passive, active, structures, and self. Four different mm. pieces of accountability. Nice. And the, the active part is telling people your story. Uh, whether it's about your life or a specific goal that you have. Or something that you're excited about. But you tell them, it's kind of like telling people that you're why. Why do I run my business? When I, when I talk about my business to people when we really get into it. I tell them my why, that it's not about making money and making my family, you know, be able to live well. That that's that's a reason, but it's not my why. Right. And when I get to the why, people buy in. Like, "Oh, I get what you're doing. Now I'm excited." And then they care and want to talk to you about it. So when we could figure out that the why piece and then create purposeful scheduled time to talk to people about the things that we're trying to achieve, this creates happiness. This creates progress. This creates goals achieved. And you got to be really purposeful and it's hard to do it because accountability is the, the heart of what people struggle with when I work with them. Mm. And it's not because they don't, it's not because they're doing something awful or unethical or anything. It's just sometimes you don't check all the things off the list. <laughs> right. But when you create that purposeful time with other people, it's, it's huge. I love that. Well, now I want to hear your why. What is your why? why? Why do you do what you do? Yeah, my, my why is to help business owners reset their mindsets and habits so they can become the leader they're meant to be. Love it. Yeah, Love it. That's... And you said that before, earlier on, but I'm yeah. glad you repeated it because that's really awesome. Yeah, so it's embedded, right? Your why yeah. is embedded too. I mean, you've probably said it a few times to me, and you may know it or you may not, but it's embedded for sure. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. Which is awesome. Love it. Kyle, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such a great conversation and I wish you continued success. And I'm, I will be, you're gonna have to email me when your app is ready because I want to check it out. I yeah, love it. for sure. Thank you, Sandy. I appreciate All it. Right. Thank you. Well, that was a first for me interviewing an 11 year old, but I tell you, you'd never know. She's so wise beyond her years. So if you'd like to learn more about Ava, you can go to her website, which is avaauto.com. And in the show notes will also be her Instagram link. So thank you so much for joining me today. As always, I hope that you and your family are safe and healthy and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.